0: Hey there, listener! Fancy seeing you here! Look, sometimes due to the things we discuss on the pod, it might contain potentially triggering content. But the good news is you can always review the episode description for a full list of the warnings applicable to this episode. Oh, and just so you know, this episode is rated R for really filthy. It includes adult themes and explicit content, so if you're an adult, buckle up, gird your loins, and prepare to flood the basement! Because we are going down with these ships. You're
1: on the cannon ground, I'm up in crack ship space. Let's start a shipping war. Don't care if I get hate. Don't like my bearings. Well then you can hit the bricks. This is my OTP, I'll go down with this ship. I don't care. I ship it.
0: I don't care. I Welcome back to Care of Magical Shippers. It's a Harry Potter Ship Culture Podcast. I am your co-host, Nathan, and, and I'm I... now gonna introduce <laughs> you to Megs!
1: <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, me! Say yeah. hi, Megs! Hello! <laughs>
0: <laughs> Anyway, oh. you're all very welcome back to yeah. our whatever this episode is gonna be because this week, we, we, this week we had an idea and then Max messaged me and was like, "No, do you know what? Don't like that idea. We're gonna do something completely different." So then, so then I was like, um, "Okay," and she was like, "Do you want to do another character centric episode?" And so I was, I was throwing out a couple of character names and we were trying to think about like what what's a minor character that's interesting enough to us that we could talk at length about Mm -hmm. that that has interesting implications and we both sort of settled on Rita Skeeter. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's That's what today's episode is all going to be about.
1: Because we kind of got into her, I think, in the Hagrid episode, because we talked about her interviewing Hagrid and all the, like, implications with her using her feminine wiles to get, you know, all the scoops that she needs to. Like, I feel like she's a character, like, she's written, like, I don't feel like she's written to be, like, promiscuous, but she's definitely written confident. You know what I mean? Like, she's like, I know... Like I want and I'm, I'm well known for what I do and I don't care to what extent I have to take to get what I need to get the get the scoop. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's just yeah. um, it's and I'm sure that she I, I See, now, I, when I think of her, of course, we, we've seen the quick quotes quill. You know, it's like, oh, she interviews, and it always gives some, like, elaborate alternative telling that is yeah. maybe 10% what is actually said by the person. Uh, but I'm curious what she wrote, like, younger, like, how she got into journalism, and, like, whether it was mm. something that she actually took very seriously. And then it didn't really get anywhere, because either, like, maybe she was trying to get like, real news. You know what I mean? Like, you think, yeah. of, like, The Prophet and, like, which Weekly and all those things that it's just, like, it's all about the drama and the crazy thing that happened and who's, you know, Harry Potter and blah, 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 and all this stuff. And I could only imagine her just being, like, we need to look into, like, I'm, I think of Percy, like, look into cauldron thickness and the itch- issues that are at hand of having them be too thin and whatever
0: <laughs> and all this yeah. stuff.
1: And realizing that that's not the way she could make it in that business and how she kind of Created Rita Skeeter. I also could see that not being her real name, like her. Oh, actually, absolutely! Like, it's a suit. Making it a suit, yeah. So yeah, I'm curious who Rita was. You know what I mean? Like,
0: yeah. And if anybody remembers her from her Hogwarts days, assuming mm-hmm. she went to Hogwarts, we know there are some students that get homeschooled mm-hmm. uh we know that there are some students that go to other schools so she doesn't necessarily have to have gone to hogwarts are you googling in the background
1: i am are you... yeah i am i could have sworn she was a ravenclaw
0: like was she i see i could have sworn she was a slytherin we will find out
1: oh it was never confirmed it can be as you say who knows and who knows? This is where headcanons come in. So,
0: well, maybe she started a newsletter while she was at Hogwarts, Ooh. and maybe she decided that she was going to edit that uh, mm-hmm. and, and start her own like agony aunt column. I could see people writing to her and going, "Dear Rita, I'm having yeah. a problem with a bully in third year. Can yeah. you tell them to piss off, please?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then, like the.
1: Yeah, like, I don't know if you have it there, but here, like, Dear Abby is a big thing. Yeah. And, like, you have, like, yeah. you know, papers or whatever. So, yeah, something like that could definitely be, um... Oh, because who is it that does... I don't know if this is for real or if this was something we came up with. i It's all blurring together, Nathan.
0: It is
1: <laughs> But I feel like we talked about a character doing like like in the Quibbler or something being like, whether it was Mrs. Weasley or someone giving tips to like, like home tips, like having like a, a little column of like tips for the home or something that like actually oh. makes it. I don't know. I have no idea. Are you?
0: So see now all I'm remembering is is the, um, the, the, Sexual wellness pamphlet? This isn't what you oh, mean. Oh no, yeah, I'm that like...
1: from from my fic. No, I have no <laughs> yeah. idea. Maybe I just I don't know. Maybe I read it in a fic or just making this up. But anyway,
0: like it would be a good thing. I <laughs> yeah. read that thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was. It would be have someone aside from Lockhart that actually knows <laughs> what they're doing as far as like taking care of things and and whatnot. Because you have you know you have that and whatever. But um, I also think like hey, say she went to Hogwarts and yay, yeah, made said whatever newsletter or things like that, like maybe the, like, just Hogwarts little, like, little prophet thing, and what if she was actually, like, kind of like a moaning Myrtle character, like, maybe, like, really awkward, maybe she right. wore glasses, and was, like, kind of that, like, no one saw her quiet in comparison to, like, we know... Lockhart is attractive. He knew he was attractive and we'd assume he knew through school and like all of these various things like she could definitely be one of those like transformative characters of like, obviously takes on a new name, changes her look and does all this and comes out of nowhere as someone different and new when they'd be like, oh, we didn't know that that was you know, whatever, Susan, whoever that we went to school with, like that has that transformation post school that, you know, everyone is just like shocked by um, be that yeah. from insecurities or ambition or whatever. And cause uh, yeah, she's been in the thick of and the most well-known as far as doing like expose, you know, ridiculous articles and things like right. that. And, So, but yeah, and I mean, hey, she did the Life and Lies of Dumbledore and she obliviated Batilda and was like pretty much doing what Lockhart did. You know what I mean? Like, I'm curious if she knew that he, like, she knew that he did it that way or maybe they were like, I think we might have mentioned this too, like they were kind of in on it together. It's like how they... Like, she helped him with writing the books or, you know, something like that. Like, I just, Mm -hmm. I could see them being some sort of, like, I don't know, like, confident duo not necessarily romantically I could see that like I absolutely could see them romantically involved but I could also see them professionally like kind of like partners in crime you know what I mean
0: it's funny that you should bring that up because I actually the first ever Drabble I wrote involves the life and lies of Albus Dumbledore Ah, um, mm -hmm. as a as a conceit because uh you bring up Lockhart and he had uh Either he had his books ghostwritten, or he wrote them himself. But like after all of the work had, like basically right. been done for him, right? And and I so in this drabble, which I hope that it's going to be linkable by the time this episode <laughs> airs, and if it is, it will be in the description. I'll have that up on AO3. I quote-unquote promise while i try and get my act together because <laughs> i've never done i've never like uploaded to ao3 before so i have no idea about tags but provided i can get myself sorted, i got you i got uh,
1: you we'll figure it okay. out okay
0: <laughs> well so in this so in the the conceit of this travel is that it's actually the the book is actually written by remus lupin and yeah So, so, yeah, so I so it's interesting that you made the connection between Rita and Gilderoy because I really think they have to, to a certain degree, be playing (laughs) the same sort of roles because, like you say, she has an over reliance on. Her quick quotes quill, she's Mm -hmm. not really editing or proofing what she's doing very much. She's just Mm -hmm. letting the quill run rampant and just writing whatever it comes out with. But I reckon she didn't always start off that way, at least in my head canon. I think she she has to have started wanting to report uh, serious causes or things she was moved by. Mm -hmm. But then in my head... In my head, what happened was she had a tryst with some wizard who was quite high up at the ministry um, and and felt slighted by how he ended their relationship or mm-hmm. she ended their relationship. And so uh, then, as a result of that, she sort of got into gossip as a way to... Mm-hmm. Get vengeance on this person, mm-hmm. and that's, this is when the Rita Skeeter pseudonym comes into. Mm. into so maybe play. it was
1: like her first, like first gossip, you know, sort of like expose sort of thing. Yeah, probably coming for some dude, and then it just kind of <laughs> it probably had really good, like it took off well, like she got a lot of really good press, or people were really into it, and be yeah. it a magazine or profit, just started selling you know like crazy and so then all of a sudden it was like well and now rita is born and that's just (laughs) yes exactly oh i love that i love it so much but i just i I wonder who she has that's like aside from her literally like tom riddle style manipulating people you know what i mean like who so many people know that she's like shady you know what I mean like people know mm-hmm. that she's a terrible person but obviously then there's plenty of people who love what she writes and then who does she actually have like genuine connections with professionally or even like in real mm. life like I f- I could see people being like nice to her out of you know trying to stay out of the papers you know what i mean like if they had a rift with rita she would come for them so the power that she holds i mean shows power the press or whatever but obviously wizarding world has no checks and balances as far as that goes and just lets things just run run rampant but uh yeah yeah yeah
0: it it's fake news gone wild i mean it is really yeah it is it's Astonishing, actually, the amount of commentary about journalism books from the 90s and 2000s mm-hmm. have about the current state of actually what we're living through. Mm-hmm. There, is so, there. It's so worrying. Like you read a character like Rita Skeeter and you think, oh, yeah, they're exaggerated for comic effect. Yeah, it's it's making a grand point about journalism and the media mm-hmm. in, in general now, you look at someone like Rita and go, these people weren't supposed to imitate her like for like. That's, right. This isn't how In that real that's life supposed right. to work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if it's just that we've grown up so that we're more attuned to right. recognizing that or if it's just become more acute uh, but i expect that both things have happened mm-hmm. and they've sort of couldn't converge to form one hellish mm-hmm. <laughs> outcome um but you're right when you're you you say you know who does rita really have and mm-hmm. i think that might be one of the reasons that she is an unregistered animagus mm-hmm. because it allows her proximity to people that she wouldn't get through Rita mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. she's uh, I mean it's creepy because she's spying yeah. on people Yeah. But, but, at the, but at the same time she's beetle, getting like, crawling
1: on someone's shoulders hanging out in yeah, hair yeah she's not even like,
0: subtle about it she's no. in people's hair like she's just like I want to get right up and close to this action I don't care if it kills me in the process no. I'm going to catch could, like, a
1: couple teenagers kissing like that's just like what
0: it's just Yeah I don't know. Also, you know, how easy would it be if for someone to just swap the beetle out of their hair and -hmm. then the beetle falls on the ground or something and it's hurt? Presumably when she transfigures back or whatever. Or or maybe is she stuck in beetle form if she's hurt? How does that work? Oh,
1: my gosh. I don't... I don't... Well... Well, you think of, um, what is it, like, uh, Sirius gets, like, bit by the werewolf and stuff, or they get, like, attacked in their form, and then they come back, and they might have some injuries. Like, I think that, you know, that does happen, because obviously remus has his scars all over but he obviously gets them by biting and scratching himself while in werewolf form so it obviously Mm. translates over so i'm sure it would i mean but it's like to something small depending on what damage was done i mean oh my lord like who knows but (laughs) but well yeah because it's like i mean you'd assume that she probably could fly away but if something happened to a wing or like you know anything like that and yeah because yeah of course you're just tossing bugs like you're just whacking bugs you know what i mean like even when you Think of Crumb, like, picking it out of her hair. Like, that, it, it, you know? Like, it's just such... I don't know. Yeah. I don't
0: know. I, I know. And the thing is, okay, she could cast, like, a little charm around herself to mm-hmm. stop herself being damaged, I guess. Yeah. But I... But it's it's really ambiguous because then, as you say, how would Crumb be able to pick her up out of Hermione's yeah. hair? And, uh, you know, how are people in general supposed to be like supposed to be animagus aware that like mm-hmm. uh, because e- bellatrix even says when she's with narcissa and they're in they're going to Spinner's end she kills a fox on a on the side of a bank because she thinks it's another wizard so mm-hmm. some people clearly are attuned to the idea that there are animagi just mm-hmm. in the wild everywhere mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. have to be like on the lookout for them but With something as small as a beetle, like how, like, because you could go insane with that. You could be like, um, well, like, what, like a tiny little fruit fly Mm -hmm. and hardly be visible at all Mm -hmm. and then just accidentally get whacked. It's so. (laughs) A little gnat or
1: whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: It's just so unsafe. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm glad Rita doesn't die, but also. There should be, there should just be better health and safety practices around, like animagus forms. But also, please don't creep on like teenagers kissing. It's it's weird, and don't do that if you're an adult. It's no, yeah, That's, that's just not a good look. Risa, go away.
1: And then there's Hermione. There's Hermione with the jar. So it's like she's literally trapped in there and can't. I mean, I'd imagine she could transform in the glass with chat. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like yeah. she could. <laughs> but it's not like she's going to do it and show herself in Hogwarts. You know what I mean? If she's yeah. banned from Hogwarts. So that is... That is Funny, just to see her. It's like, oh, we got a (laughs) stick. We gave her a stick and a leaf, and we just have (laughs) Rita in a jar. And yeah, but um, and that, and I always loved the them getting her to do. It's just, it's like a, a double negative of getting her to write the article about Harry and what really happened in the Quibbler. Like, it's like the 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 author that's the most ridiculous and absurd is writing the truth in an absurd, you know, tabloid. But, you know, of course, people are still reading it and starting to believe it regardless of that. But it also shows that people are willing to believe almost anything they read. You know what I mean? Like the same thing goes for what the prophet was saying. And then they read it in the quibbler and they're like, oh, like, obviously this is, you know, whatever. So... But yeah, I don't know. I don't know.
0: But the Quibbler was always publishing weird things yeah. anyway. There was yeah. a sort of a that what was it the rot fan conspiracy with Cornelius Fudge where yeah. he was like working in tandem with the goblins and so maybe it wasn't the smartest idea to put that in the Quibbler. But really the only wizarding publications that we know of that right. see any sort of a wide circulation yeah. are the Prophet, the Quibbler, and which weekly
1: right and then like and like quidditch weekly which i think i don't even know if that comes out in canon or not or if that's just a fan fiction thing but (laughs) i don't oh transfiguration today is oh yes because dumbledore is reading that in his office so that's true i remember that one so i know things that's
0: really more of a (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that strikes me as more of a a, right. a journal right you know like, you're like, getting a,
1: like a... A specialized something like a potion yeah. you know magazine or whatever like but yeah as far as major papers and things I mean yeah Witch Weekly which would be very probably more gossip tailored and then the Prophet trying to be Wizarding News but also has stuff I don't I don't know
0: do you know, know. what what I was thinking about. I honestly am surprised that there's not more memory theft going on in the wizarding world. Like, you know the way memories are like these tangible things Mm -hmm, you can put mm -hmm. in a pensive? I am not... I am really surprised that there aren't more like pensives in circulation and that there isn't like a black market trade Mm -hmm. for people's memories so that then they can get really good stories off Mm -hmm. of, you know, Mm -hmm. what actually happened. And here's the scoop. And I... You know, maybe Rita Skeeter's main job isn't a reporter at all. Mm -hmm. Maybe she's sort of like an insider trying to... Uh, weed out these, like, people that would do that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And she's using, like, bad gossip columns and publications as a cover. Right. Because she's obvi- she's obviously really clever and yeah. prodigious because she's an unregistered animagus. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what else don't we know about her? Mm-hmm. These are all skills that we might attribute to someone who, say was had skills or aspirations to become an aura Mm -hmm. um and yet we see her doing tabloid journalism which Mm -hmm. she might get a kick out of but i also see it as maybe it's not the most absolutely wholly fulfilling career path for her
1: Mm -hmm. yeah and i think of like you said the animagus and just the the opportunity for her to actually be very strong at magic. Like, what if she was a Legilimens? That was part mm. of her ability to... Like, you talk about the memory thing. Like, she's able to actually get in people's heads and pull things that they want to keep hidden. And... Um, but, but, yeah. I mean, opportunity to... I don't know. Like, jump somebody and take them... You know, like, just being able to take memories. The only thing I could figure is that it... Like, memories know your own magic. And so only you can you know, Uh, remove them. So that, because we only ever see it, like you're using your wand to remove your memories. So I could see that being a thing, but legilimency does that for you. Like having, being able to do that, you're like getting into minds, which most people wouldn't be prepared to guard themselves for. Like they wouldn't think that they need to do that. So, But
0: also, I mean, in the books, we sort of see that if you're using legilimency, you tend to have to be in the same room as that person, mm-hmm. or like in yeah. close proximity, I suppose the one exception is where um, Voldemort's doing it like remotely to right. hurry. But they're but... like, it's their
1: soul connection. I mean, I'm seeing it yeah. as like she is interviewing somebody and they're telling her certain things, and partly quick quotes Quill, but another part is her actually like, like, probably softly, yes. you know, getting in there to get the goods, the extra stuff that's, you know, behind there and whatnot. I could probably yeah. see her like that helping her. Get where she goes, like yeah. And imagine the amount of money that she probably gets when people are like buying her off, like not publishing things or whatever. That's, like, yeah, yeah, and the that, amount of blackmail that she utilizes and gets away with. Like, who, who knows? But
0: um... which is why every single kid in Hogwarts should be taught Occlumency.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's obviously not easy, but it's obviously a concern that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: You're you you have an entitlement to privacy yeah. as a human and like it sometimes like I love the wizarding world, obviously we mm-hmm. have an entire podcast devoted to yes. it. But sometimes mm-hmm. when people's like basic fundamental rights are violated and it's just like, oh yeah, it's no big deal, it's just for the quibbler. I'm like, What? What? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. Uh, so so yes, so everyone needs therapy, everyone needs to be taught occlumency, and everybody is also secretly gay. Yes, but, uh, obviously. <laughs> but, oh. uh, uh, you know, this is why you need this podcast to yes. make sense of the, the nonsense. weird <laughs> moral entanglements in the wizarding world. Yes.
1: <laughs> so as far as Rita with shipping, who do right. you think you know who do you see her with like what you know what interests you with her as a pairing
0: oh see i think the temptation with rita would be to match her with someone that is as machiavellian or as ambitious as she is mm-hmm. and so you've got your Lockhearts right. and you've got your umbrages and while i can absolutely see both of those mm-hmm. totally totally see them i see her with somebody like who do I see her with? I had ideas last night. I should have wrote them down.
1: Oh, no. Uh... <laughs> I think there's the potential for Barty Crouch Sr. Because, like, she okay. figures, you know, she's, like, looking into, like, somehow it's found out that obviously he's kept his son and whatever hidden and, and whatnot. But his wife had passed. He's, like, on his own. Any sort of, like, hardworking like work obsessed man like getting attention from a pretty woman like i could totally see her using that to her advantage you know sort of thing so i don't think it's like necessarily a two-way like she's emotionally invested i think that's Mm -hmm. she's definitely i see a lot of her taking advantage of a lot of people and and being fine with it like just not having that you know caring to I do see like her and her and Lockhart, but to the point of like them. I don't know. They'd be fighting over who's the more pretty. You know, what I mean? like it's just like they're, not, like they're just not gonna say it. Like they're just you know who's more su- more successful and who's whatever. Like I don't know. Maybe that yeah. would be why they wouldn't work. Like I feel like maybe Rita has like a secret nobody you know like like she actually is happily married or happily in a relationship with someone who's completely off the radar because it's a hundred percent secret maybe because of what she does and she has like certain magic or things available to her to keep things private and secret that allows her to keep her personal life and her professional life separated as well so i don't know like she could have some secret thing what if she had someone that knows her real name yeah someone knows her real name or it could be somebody who doesn't even i don't know it'd be weird but not impossible that this person would be so out of the loop that wouldn't know who she was like professionally and like would judge like wouldn't necessarily judge her but she's afraid that they would find out the type of work that she does and the lives she ruins and that she would lose said person or i mean who knows i don't know and i'm just picturing it like yeah it just has some partner in a cabin in the woods like not getting the profit like i don't don't even know (laughs) so but
0: see i think i had thought about her and amelia bones because isn't amelia bones uh head of the department of magical law enforcement and i in my head the only way she was circumventing all of these laws and getting all of this juicy gossip was mm-hmm. if she had someone on the inside mm-hmm, who could mm-hmm. let her know when the aura patrols were going to be out. Or mm-hmm. when the the best time to go and get information from such and such was. Or who could like sneakily put the trace on someone who was overage mm-hmm, so that mm-hmm. they'd know she'd know where they were. And so I was thinking it had to be someone in the ministry. It had to be someone in the Department of Law Enforcement mm-hmm. and it had to be someone who was sympathetic to her needing to make a living, wanting to be independent, but also really respectful of her talent as a witch and her prodigious sort of sleuthing and journalistic mm-hmm. skill. But so respecting I, uh... her
1: more than literally everyone else
0: <laughs> Yeah.
1: Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> Priority skewed. We, but hey, you know.
0: <laughs> well, well, yes, but but we like we all know that politicians are corrupt, mm-hmm. and so I don't think it it's massively out of character to suggest that there would be a um a, mm-hmm. a person of uh, high up influence at the ministry that mm-hmm. was susceptible to a a bribe of some description, whether or not that sexual favors will mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. will will. <gasps> leave at the door it
1: makes me think of the joker harley quinn dynamic because like harley quinn is willing to do and look past anything because it's him so something similar could happen between rita and someone else that it's like they're blinded by their supposed love of rita like them being loved by her and willing Mm -hmm. to overlook and help or see it's like oh what she's doing isn't bad. It's not really hurting anyone. I mean, yeah, people are getting, like, bad stuff written about them and might ruin a few careers, but no one's physically hurt. Like, it's just like, I don't know.
0: Yeah. Or maybe she she's rationalized it because she's like, Uh, I've come through one wizarding war. I've literally had to see people die and people be Mm -hmm. tortured. And compared to that, compared to that level of evil, this is just something that's like a necessary evil. Mm -hmm. Like one of those things that I'd rather, I was having a handle on it and maybe reigning in Rita's. um, I think it's perfectly possible for the person to be on the other side of this relationship to go, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I see myself as being uh, in a position to afford this person more checks and balances mm-hmm. than they would otherwise have. And it's worth it because I get to have them in my life. Right. And I do feel like we see in the books that this idea of loyalty never really gets examined in any great detail. Mm-hmm. But if you, pu- if you push loyalty to an extreme, it is, you know, loyalty to one person at the expense of others is is a common theme mm-hmm. in the books. Well, the, so it would the whole
1: st- Death Eater, Voldemort yeah. agenda. I mean, yeah, all these people are like, oh, this is for the betterment of us and, and our yeah. like-minded people, but everyone else is expendable and, you know, don't matter. Like, completely, we got some loyalties that sometimes are like forced like you could say that either over time snape did respect and was loyal to dumbledore or if it was more like he was obligated and had spent so much time at the beck and call of this man that it was just you know i don't Mm. i don't know i don't know it's definitely relationships are all over the place and
0: and i don't know also the snape dumbledore thing is difficult because they're both such manipulative people mm-hmm. that it it's impossible ever really to get a, an impartial read on either of them mm-hmm. and yet yeah, sure dumbledore presents as more affable and more cuddly and it's a it's a it's a cuddlier kind of control mm-hmm. but it's still control at the end of the day and really snape is very flawed i have a lot of mm-hmm. issues with how how re- how Like, ready Snape is to traumatise kids, Mm -hmm. that is not a good thing, Mm -hmm. Uh, but he's trying his best, you know? And I have to ask myself, is Rita someone who I really think has been manoeuvred into the position Mm -hmm. she's in, but is trying her best within it Mm -hmm. to be the best sort of a person she can be? Or is she just that morally grey person? Who's perfectly happy to be sitting on the sidelines, reporting mm-hmm. everything like the the spider at the centre of this huge right. web? You know, yeah. this huge network. Oh, <gasps> what if she got with Slughorn? I I totally see that being a thing now because he has all of his connections. Yes, he has all of his favourites. Mm-hmm. They all write to him. Mm-hmm. They're all. Uh, they they all owe him favours. Uh-huh. And what if? in you know if it's like well if you do this for me Rita's not going to write this op-ed piece mm-hmm. on your on the leak that was like, yeah left your office two weeks ago mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know
1: mm-hmm. yeah and it's another instance of like maybe he was a teacher when she was at school and could see like was already starting to like kind of build her opportunities you know what I mean like just already building a plan and the way that she's going to get ahead in the world and things like that but yeah yeah no that's true like he and we don't really think of or know not that he couldn't have had you know a significant other but of course we just think of him as this like old weird kind of creepy you know bachelor that's just yeah collecting people and i could yeah. see him wanting to have a relationship with her because of her connections as well you know what I mean like she's gonna know things and he wants to know things like yeah I definitely could see some sort of overlap of them having some manner of you know relationship and do we know how old she is technically like when she went to school
0: no I don't think I don't in
1: the movies they show her at the trial for Barty so like that would have been back you know either Marauder's Jen, or closer to Lucius, or closer to Narcissa, or, I mean, she could have been around, you know, around that time, or she was older, like, maybe she was in her 30s around that, and then however many 10 or so years later is still, like, her self it's no one's to say that obviously an older woman couldn't be as confident and perceived as beautiful and sexual and you know things like that so it's you know it could, she could be however old
0: okay so she was born between january and november 1951
1: okay so she's like almost 10 years older than the marauders because they're yeah. like this, like sixty. So, and then Harry's eighty. So then she would have been in the thirties, and then into four, like thirty to forty, when she was doing the Wizard stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I think
0: mean. she was. I think she was forty-three whenever she was doing Wizard stuff. So, yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, yeah, she would have been involved in it for however many years. That shows, like, seasoned, like how she was able to be as big and well known as she had become obviously she wouldn't be some green reporter like she had been doing it a long a long time but yeah i still think that she went into journalism intending to do good and be serious with journalism and finding that it got her nowhere and that eventually she did something a little bit different or realized that if she was going to be successful in this it would be gossip and just kind of had a swap of mindset of like, okay, well, I guess if I want people to listen to me, I'm going to talk about, you know, whatever. And yeah. Yeah. So.
0: She wrote a biography of Armando Dippet early on called uh, Armando Dippet Master or Moron.
1: Oh, so she must have a thing as far as like headmasters go. Like it's yeah. interesting commentary on like these. I wonder, I wonder what other like biography-style things that she is just writing and putting out there. Like, I don't know. I And I think she, she's got to be smart enough to know, what do people want to read? What do people want to read? And if I make it, how well is it going to do? And she's attuned to it. So...
0: Yeah, maybe she yeah. just has a, a, a very good read on the cultural pulse. Yeah. She knows what people want to... I mean, I think she even refers to them as her rabid readers at one point. Mm-hmm. Rabid isn't particularly, uh, you know, a particularly right. pleasant description. Yeah. It, it You know, that, that level of sort of feral veracity mm-hmm. is, implies a certain thirst yeah. for the material that... Yeah. Uh, that wouldn't be there otherwise, and it shows that she has an awareness of her audience mm-hmm. and an awareness of what will make money. Now, the question mm-hmm. is whether or not you believe she started off that way, right. or and it's uh, or if it's something that she's like grown into mm-hmm. over time.
1: I could see either way. I could see her from the beginning, just having those sort of like Tom Riddle had the innate. Just knowing how to manipulate people and was already from the beginning using her in like skills to her advantage to some fashion, or it she becoming who she had to be to survive in the profession that she wanted to. And I right. don't know, and it also potentially makes it a very lonely existence, too, because it's like everything would yeah. be superficial. Like maybe she does say, like well, I can't have a real relationship because I need to be, you know, maybe on one hand, like, that's a good part of her is that she's like, I couldn't respect a partner enough to like be with someone when I have to go about getting information in some sort of ways. So maybe Mm -hmm. that's just the life she enjoys in the moment. Not to say that you know, 10 years later, she would realize, you know, I'm, I'm over this, or I want something different, or wizards live a long time. So I mean, the opportunity's there for her to change. And but even so, like, she doesn't, Hermione tries to like, uh, I mean, she's still like a 15 year old girl, but is trying to get her to see like, you shouldn't do this. And don't you dare write any stories or I tell people and then she was kind of, I don't know, weird about doing the Harry thing, I think, in the quibbler. Like, I think she definitely felt like she Mm -hmm. was too good for the quibbler. You know what I mean? Oh,
0: yeah. and Of course uh, she did. She felt she had some sort of prestige, yeah. you know, or reputation to defend. Yeah. But we see the real world cost of her attitude mm-hmm. whenever Hermione gets all that hate mail mm-hmm. and the like, and she's opening it and she gets these like huge boils on her hands. She's freaking slut shaming the... a
1: 15 year old. You know what I mean? I know. Like, it's just like, that's just yeah. so yucky that's just so terrible it's just ugh, and it and it's an example of showing that it's not shame on harry for and shame or shame on harry or shame on crumb for supposedly like going for the same woman it's like oh Mm. now she's the the one who's putting herself out there to be versus the guys get away with so much in comparison to her getting all of these uh, yeah. yeah, they're like, Harry Potter yeah. deserves better, blah 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 blah, and it's just, oh man, it's so so But bad. it's a
0: it's a commentary on tabloid journalism yeah. as well. Yeah. In that, you know, it suggests that there is a a body of people who are just ready to hate You know, they'll believe the first thing they read, and they will just, they're they're willing to just lash out at at that point and believe that Hermione has done this Mm -hmm. and would behave in a, a, like, and attach a value judgment to that. And we see it even with otherwise lovely people Mm -hmm. like Mrs. Weasley, who has. Read the article and believes it. And as a result, Hermione gets like a a smaller Easter egg. Mm -hmm, I think it is. mm -hmm,
1: mm -hmm. Yeah. And of course, Um, Harry has to be like, you realize Hermione's not my girlfriend. And she's like, oh, yes, of, of course not. Like, yeah, that's just it's it's it sucks because. In that instance, it shows that she has more emotional feeling toward Harry than she does toward Hermione, even though she's yeah. also friends with her son. Like, they're, they're a trio. Like, the fact that she would worry about Harry first is really, really crappy. Yeah. Like, it, it that makes me really sad that she would go there. Like, I feel like Molly would be one of the most understanding and supportive ones for her to behave that way is is really sad
0: yeah and it goes to show that uh well-intentioned people because of the actions of people like rita skeeter mm-hmm. can fall into that trap as well like it's i'm sure molly didn't mean to consciously right. uh, exclude hermione mm-hmm. we know what sort of a person she is mm-hmm. but i just think that it's such a good commentary on that kind of nasty mm-hmm. reporting that uh, it can sort of subconsciously seep into people's minds and they internalize it whether or not they they then act on it I suppose is up to them right but but you know we can we can sit here and debate about you know whether Rita was like this from the beginning or whether it's something that she learned to do over time mm-hmm. but ultimately her actions are having a damaging effect on the lives of the people that she chooses to smear. Mm -hmm. And uh, think about if she turned those skills to uh, interrogating Death Eaters, Mm -hmm. how much she would get done, like how useful that skill set could actually be, but where she chooses to put her attention Mm -hmm. says so much about her. And that... um, Brings me back to that Dumbledore quote. You know, once again, it's not our abilities that determine mm-hmm. who we are. It's our choices. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, when she would rather stay in the sort of the gossip column mm-hmm. than use her really formidable skill set right. to uh, benefit the wizarding world at large. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Maybe one day she will. I don't know.
0: Who Hopefully knows? she will. One, yeah, yes. One day
1: she sees that, yeah, especially, well, I feel like, the curiosity could be there, but she would never go to like say Azkaban because of the Dementors and stuff. Like, who wants to be there? The freaking Dementors are everywhere. But after post-war yeah. and Kingsley takes over, and like, I mean, the Dementors are removed from Azkaban essentially. And yes. so I think like before we've talked about potentially Hermione becoming a you know therapist for helping with. You know, whatever <laughs> people. Yeah. I, what's the word? Yeah. Oh, what's the word? No, I'm. Rehabilitation. Yes, rehabilitation. There we go. And perhaps, and that's the opportunity for another maybe biography or things like that. Like getting into the minds of Death Eaters or Ooh. you know, like doing. I want to read dark that book. Novel. Yeah, like her yeah. Actually going and interviewing. Different people and and trying to understand why their choices were the way they are because it's like anything in history, we learn from history and what we know so it doesn't repeat itself. Eh, it often does, but still, it's like <laughs> if you don't document it, it's like you're not gonna, you know. So I feel like someone would. She's an opportunist. Like if she if there's something that needs to be done and she would get, like, positive, you know, rep for, like, oh, that's my name on it. Like, I feel like that's the biggest thing is, like, my name is on this thing. Like, I'm going to have a legacy that will last however long, you know, for whatever ridiculous reasons. So that would be really interesting if she was, yeah, took her time to interview that because the, I guess, the technically with Voldemort gone, gone, like, gone, gone, like, Yes, there's Death Eaters still around, but the threat for something darker to come again isn't there. Not that it couldn't, you know, happen again. I mean, we see Grindelwald Mm. and then, you know, Voldemort. It's like obviously cycles of different similar ideologies of magic is might, you know, sort of thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like she would also want to like understand the twisted, you know, like the tw- like. I feel like she would be curious. Yeah, to
0: get a, get a handle on that sort of dark yeah. psychology. Mm-hmm. Um there's a, there's a phenomenon known as the dark triad of personality, which sort of houses narcissism, sociopathy, mm-hmm. and psychopathy. I definitely think she could do some sort of a, a wizarding treatise mm-hmm. on that. In with Death Eaters but I also think you had it right when you said that she was opportunistic I mean she really is we've said that she had her finger on the cultural pulse mm-hmm. and I think it's impo- it's important to note that while um, the, the public mood is really in the mood for gossip mm-hmm. that's what she'll she'll lean to but post-war after, you know, everybody's going to want to take a breather from the events of what have happened. Yeah. The mood will be on getting answers mm-hmm. and wanting to really uncover and unpack what happened, like you say, so it doesn't happen again. So I think that's how she could pivot into more investigative work. Mm-hmm. And and it can still be equally as sort of penetrative and um, that... W- that her skill set can pivot with public opinion mm-hmm. because she is that opportunistic. And she's resourceful enough to do it. So I believe that she could do it, assuming the Wizarding World would tolerate somebody like Rita still going, you mm-hmm. know, or whether they'd want someone who was newer um, or potentially had less of a reputation to come up through the ranks. Who have you
1: thought of? Okay, okay, okay. So hear me out. Let's say. Hermione discovering that she's an animagus and all of that, and being the one yeah. who can blackmail and control her, whatever—that's their origin story of their eventual romance. Because yeah. it's Hermione's the first person to like "quote unquote" best, you know, Rita. Like she's yeah. could be seen as like some <laughs> some sort of rival like going into things and maybe yeah. post war. Hermione's the the smarty one who would I could also see wanting to get answers and wanting to invest in the whys and things like that. And either she goes to Rita because she begrudgingly, maybe, that because she has the contacts and has technically worked with her somewhat in the past doing the quibbler article and things like that and Mm -hmm. i mean who knows maybe eventually it's like okay like i don't like you you don't like me but we're gonna do this thing because i you know i need you to be able to do this and make it happen because i don't have whatever connections are necessary and then over time obviously romance beautiful happily ever after (laughs)
0: ta-da <laughs> I you've just tied the ship up with a big bow <laughs> Read am I and heave everybody <laughs> this wasn't where I thought this was going
1: <laughs> I just I just it's 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 a different sort of to lovers you know what I mean because it's like she's someone yeah. that Hermione genuinely despises but the same could be said for like dreary or like anything like that it's like you look at that person you're like wow that person is terrible and makes awful choices that affect other people in a negative way because they're selfish and yet we're able to ship them with the good people why can't i ship hermione with rita skeeter <laughs> later on i mean
0: you if that's something you want to do of course you can like
1: this i'm sorry apparently nathan is not on board this ship
0: <laughs> i mean i am just it's just gonna take me some time to, <laughs> to get my head around that you sprang that on me you were like oh i i have it i' have the ultimate <laughs> definitive ship and then you throw hermione in there <laughs> okay Okay, it's uh, oh, uh, mm-hmm. it's just it's just gonna take me a while to get in the dinghy, but <laughs>
1: to even like make a decision to make your way over to the ship <laughs> might like hang out in the dinghy for a little bit. Like you're in the boat, you're just looking up at the ship. Like I just I just need
0: a moment. Well, because <laughs> well, I was gonna say. ...that there is quite a big age difference between them and... Uh, ...but age differences don't normally dissuade me from shipping. Mm-hmm. And there are people who ship uh, Harry and Tom... Mm-hmm. ...and Harry and Dumbledore... Mm-hmm. ...and all of these wickety-wackety combinations... <laughs> ...and age is never a factor yeah, yeah. with those. Mm-hmm. So it it's perfectly... ...it's perfectly absolutely possible... Mm-hmm. I I guess I when we were doing Hermione Bellatrix, mm-hmm. what we said about what we said about that was we needed a way for Hermione to know that she wasn't just being played, right? And that she had the the tools for investment yes. there. Mm-hmm. And I guess what I'm looking. for... Uh, for from you is some sort of emotional reassurance mm-hmm. that Hermione isn't being taken for a ride by Rita here. I mean, other than literally.
1: Yeah. Well, I think the same thing was said with the Bellamy, like the Bellamy, is that. With talking to a person, like, she just has the... I would imagine Hermione would have the ability to be able to start reading someone the longer she knew somebody. Because she's like that with Harry and Ron. Like, she just she just knows the right thing to say or what's actually going on when the boys are just, like, completely oblivious. And she's just like, oh my gosh, you guys, seriously. <laughs> so I think with the Rita thing, that's how that potentially they can clash, but ultimately maybe bloom into something more, is that she wouldn't take her shit, would hold her accountable, would learn her like manipulative tactics and just would figure out when, it was genuine and was when it wasn't be that like how she talks to people or like that she's putting on airs about like, she's literally putting on a persona versus maybe eventually she sees like the real Rita on accident. You know what I mean? Like her talking to someone else or, and it's just like, wait, who is this person that just feels so much different. And so I just, I feel like if we can ship Hermione and Bellatrix, we could definitely ship Hermione with Rita because there's, just, I, I feel like Hermione could be that ticket to help Rita becoming a better self. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. It's that's just kind of my thoughts there. Like, they professionally get involved, and then it's just. I don't know sometimes you can stop and think and be like Hermione and Ron what how and you know like it doesn't always have to make sense but I could just I could see it happening or at least like that's what I would imagine I would read a fan fiction like that like that I I like the idea I think it's fun
0: (laughs) yeah Yeah, and obviously I think the reason that the beetle animagus form was chosen for Rita is because when we think of beetles, we associate it... Well, my mind goes straight to dung beetles. It's the idea that she she is cultivating these stories out of the sort of detritus that she's round. Mm -hmm. And I think... Uh, one of the really cute ways for uh, Hermione and Rita to bond is over the origin of discovering her animagus form and Hermione going, well, why did you choose that for yourself? Mm-hmm. You know, of, out of the wide range of, of you know, animal forms that you possibly could have chosen, why was this a consideration? Um, and we know that they can be chosen because we know that uh, that the... Marauders did, right?
1: I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. I've just, I have feel like it's something kind of like your Patronus or your, it's just part of who you are. Cause I just think it'd be interesting. Like Harry barely knew his dad, but his Patronus was a was a stag anyway. And that was his yeah. dad's Animagus form. And that was before he really knew.
0: But we've established as well that your Patronus form can change. Right. Because Tonks's changes. But your animagus form doesn't change. Right. So, well, the the long and the short of it is I don't know whether or not they're learned. uh,
1: According to the Wizarding World, like, official whatever, yabba-blah, is you cannot choose your animal animagus. It's based off of your personality, and it's an animal. Rebellious James Potter is famously a stag, and conniving journalist Rita is a beetle. Like, it's just... A reflection of probably who you are in the moment of becoming an animagus i guess you could say whereas like patronus is very emotional it's happy happy memory driven so if something brings you joy that's different than what used to i can see how patronuses would change but right, animagus yes. is like an innate like this is who i am as an in- individual and what inspires you know who I am. So. so
0: that then is a really good way in for Hermione to be like, "What is it about you that thought beetle?" Mm-hmm. You know what, what like, and because it, it's such a small, delicate sort of a form mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. You know, and maybe there's some side of her that is vulnerable and delicate Mm -hmm. that isn't shown to the world and that's what hermione nurtures in that moment
1: and what if it just it happens to be something that she's able to take advantage of later like maybe she became had whatever her own reasons to become an animagus and became a beetle and then eventually whether she got into journalism or whatever was like I can use this. Like, I thought it was really weird and stupid that I I, mean, that I turn into a beetle. It was very uninteresting. <laughs> like, why a beetle? Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I'm small. I can fly around. I can, you know, kind of hide in plain sight. So it's very possible that – but, yeah, as far as, like, what does a beetle personality mean for – but like you said, like, dung beetle, like, you're willing to, like – dig in the dirt and find like go through the sort through the filth to bring anything to light that's not necessarily pretty because you want it to be like shocking you want to to get that gossip and everything like that so yeah yeah so then okay so then i i mean i settled on a rita hermione who would you think that you would be like okay this would be a rita ship that i would be behind
0: well i would read rita slash gilderoy mm-hmm. and i would read rita slash umbridge mm-hmm.
1: um mm-hmm.
0: and i would even read rita slash ludo um
1: yes okay, he would be so easy for her to manipulate. Let's be real. He's so like full of himself, but like post Quidditch career, like he still is like really, he has, like he's still kind of full of himself and he's very confident and whatever. But I, and I feel like he would just feed off of that from her. So I, and obviously it's shown that he's, been easily manipulated and he's someone technically in power there's definitely a lot of potential there like ludo yeah. and, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and maybe he's like helping her like get, he's the one who helped her get in like initially to take photos and interview and whatever and then of course when she was banned by dumbledore maybe he knows her form and maybe you know and like helped get bring her in you know what I mean? Yeah. Because you'd think that, like, with protective wards and charms and things like that, that, like, the ability to enter the Hogwarts grounds would have to be, like, invited or, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you would just be able to walk in. And because otherwise the Death Eaters would have. Why else would Draco do the cabinet for them to get into the school that's outside magic that they could take advantage of? So I feel like she might have some sort of partner in crime that it's, like, she's, like, in his pocket. You know what I mean? Like, just, like, and she's, like, come yeah. on in. And so he's just, like, tra la 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 You know what I mean? Like, I... <laughs> so that's just, yeah, It's that's really interesting. Like, I don't know if... It, it also goes into, like, why and how people don't sense that it's, like, an animagus. Like, there's magic behind an animal in that way. Like, it's just seen as an animal. Like, you think of, like, I don't know, Sirius just being a black dog running around, and so then when... And who knows if Dumbledore knew that the Marauders were prancing around the grounds at night as, you know, animals. I, it would would it be able to be traced? Like, obviously she's able to be unregistered. Like the only way for them to know is to register yourself. So there's obviously a freedom and it's kind of sketchiness to be able to change your form to be something untraceable. So it obviously must change something about you completely that, I mean, I'd imagine that if Dumbledore's like, hey, no Rita, apparently her genetic makeup is now Beetle, so it doesn't affect her being blocked out. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I'm thinking way too much about this. Whatever.
0: (laughs) I I definitely think that Dumbledore is scatterbrained enough. that he would absolutely overlook the the only like once somebody is transformed into an Animagus they don't count anymore. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know? Um it's it's one giant free for all up at the castle where teachers aren't vetted mm-hmm. and pupils aren't uh like the classrooms aren't monitored so like if anyth- anybody can teach anything and it's not mm-hmm. regulated. Like mm-hmm. look at Moody. So uh, so I think this is probably the least of Hogwarts problems, but you're right; it does mm-hmm. produce a, and provoke some interesting thoughts about uh, consent, and privacy, mm-hmm. and boundaries, and just you know the the idea of personal space in general. Right. You, yeah, like I would like there's there's a, just a certain level of closeness that I wouldn't want with a stranger. Yeah, I don't want a stranger to be all over my hair. Yeah. Like like and and so i think this is why i have so much trouble shipping rita with anybody because mm-hmm. in the books she's presented as nothing but this incredibly sneaky person that will just manipulate to get mm-hmm. whatever she wants and it's not that like because i know that people are going to be screaming down their phones or whatever they're listening on to be like but nathan you ship to marry i know you i was literally... gonna say
1: that i was like <sighs> are we back on the because she's a woman train because we talked about that first <laughs> episode that it's like people like hold like even like rita or Umbridge to a level of like nasty hate And a lot of it can be like directly stemmed to like, oh, it's a woman who's behaving with those traits versus a man who like we think of the male villain who is it's almost like natural and expected to see those traits in like a male character. So I think that is the part of it. Like we just can't get past even now the society of like the kind female like maternal somebody and that when you're ambitious or anything like that regardless of the reasoning you see them as as a stronger evil because of it like i don't i don't know
0: yeah um it's interesting because if you'd put snape in that position would you hate them as much and if you Mm -hmm. but i but i i don't know i still have a lot of problems with the way the dursleys treat harry and i mean a lot of that is vernon and dudley and dudley i can forgive more easily because that's learned behavior right. but with vernon uh, again that's just somebody being horrible for no real mm-hmm. reason other than favoritism although i did read an interesting fan theory about the dursleys that the reason they treat harry with so much contempt all those years is because people it's proven that people go Uh, that their mood is affected when they're around a Horcrux.
1: Oh, yes, 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 yes. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I remember reading that too, but of course went into like, well, then why didn't like Hermione and Ron get, you know, get those feelings and stuff like that until like, obviously it shows itself when they wear the locket, you know, but, but it's like he's been in close proximity to a lot of other people too, that you don't see that shift. But I do believe that is a possibility, like, as I could see that, but I can't see it throughout the series to, like, really be convinced by it. But I believe it. Like, I read it, and I'm like, okay, that would make sense. But I feel like that would also taint Harry's personality, too. Like, I feel like it would make him a different person than he became. So... Yeah, it's very interesting. Yes, I found that too. And I I definitely thought that was a really cool point of
0: view. But what you're saying about Rita, um, I think part of it comes not just because she's a woman, but also because she's kind of a background character. Like, I think the reason we're so keen to redeem somebody like Snape is because... He's this integral part of the books mm-hmm. and such a huge part of the story. And so we want to go into Snape's head or oh, to know what it was like when he was 17 years mm-hmm. old. And I haven't really read that much about Rita right. um, because there it just isn't that level of inquiry and, you know, investigative tenacity with the character. And part of that might be because she's a woman. Mm-hmm. You make a good point. But also because she's a... A sort of a woman in the background mm-hmm. which in and of itself is an issue because there aren't really that many female characters Forefront. at the front yeah. of these canonical stories i mean i know fan fiction tries to address that right. and does some really cool things mm-hmm. but just in terms of what's there in canon we don't we're not given the opportunity to be very curious about the whole person mm-hmm. that Rita is because all she's there for is a plot device yeah. to drive home this point of, of, like, look at this sneaky journalist just being out for herself mm-hmm. and, you know, and and showing us the dark side of ambition. So if, my, I suppose, by extension, what you're implying is if we were to look at Rita from say the point of view of a young Rita when she's 17 years Mm -hmm. old who you know who could we ship Rita with then and then it becomes interesting because what if she got together with somebody like say Lucius Malfoy Mm -hmm. and their breakup drove her to journalism and him to the Death Eaters
1: Mm -hmm. Mhm mhm well cuz she's a pure blood witch i could see her being you know she's noted as a pure blood so she could definitely be in those circles and have similar you know ideologies which could also influence her reason for going for hermione and going for hagrid is because she has those prejudices just like yeah. you know what i mean so yeah no absolutely i mean that could she could have had some sort of match or even they were like betrothed or something happened and then maybe he fell in love with Narcissa you know what I mean and she became the the jilted you know woman so then maybe she did something super shitty to, <laughs> to <Lucius>.
0: yeah
1: <laughs> oh so who yeah. knows who knows
0: I'd love to read those letters one way or another mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that would be so interesting mm-hmm. and Again, it's just another side to the story that we never see mm-hmm. because, the well, first of all, there just isn't enough room in the books, even if yeah. there were room to see things like that. Um, you know, we have to ultimately see the narrative from the perspective of some characters over others. Right. But it's just a shame. It is a shame that we don't see uh, more women in the text, mm-hmm. more women up front in the text. And, uh, and the women we do see, some of them have really problematic portrayals right. like, uh, like Umbridge, like Rita, but then also like Aunt Petunia, mm-hmm. like Aunt Marge. And, you know, Aunt Marge, there's even sort of like transphobia coded into right. that. Uh, and because the, there's so much, I, I think there's even focus in the text on Aunt Marge's moustache. Yeah. So, and, and how this mm-hmm. this sort of coding of being like, being born a woman, but having a masculine energy yeah. is really bad. Mm-hmm. It,
1: yeah. It goes into like same like how JK describes characters. You're just like, "Oh, okay, so the bad ones are obviously ugly." You know what I mean? Like she's just describing them in a really unattractive light and it's just it's just like okay like okay like we, it's enough of that like it's just yeah. umbrage as being toad like and like high pitched voice and just obviously no one that anyone would like Rita's the first but I feel like she's she's definitely like the stereotype of like the person trying to manipulate to get the story like you could see a female character like her in the position that she has like it fits but it's definitely stereotypical like if you stop and like really consider her character versus just being an average like Mrs. Weasley who's going around yeah. getting you know stories or whatever so but yeah we're making it better with fanfiction
0: <laughs> as we do with so many things yes. like Tamari fanfiction yeah
1: I know exactly oh man <laughs> and I didn't know I would but I've recently been pulled into Harry Mort which I was like really concerned by um, but right. hey I'm there <laughs> I just, this has been such a journey, this whole podcast and just like exploring new ships and rare pairs and things. And I'm just like, every time there's like a, nah, that turns into a hell yes. And I just, it's (laughs) it's never ending. I'm never going to be able to read enough of everything. Just being, it's really exhausting being a multi-shipper. (laughs) (laughs) for sure (laughs) so
0: so listeners if you have any thick recommendations for me Mm -hmm. that uh, involve Rita being a a sort of a a well-rounded human Mm -hmm. or that will uh, that are well written and will make me think about Rita in a new light Mm -hmm. if you want to send those to me at careofmagicalshippers at gmail.com I will be forever in your debt thank you so much in advance Mm
1: -hmm. All right. well that was I mean, hey, like, anyways, we don't know how we talk about something and we pulled this out of our wherever, <laughs> literally, like, yeah. hours ago. So <laughs> look at us go. We've,
0: like... we've talked for how long <laughs> now? Like An hour and 20 minutes? Yeah,
1: it's pretty dang good. And uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and like always, we um, we have no idea what we're doing next because obviously we make decisions <laughs> five hours
0: before recording. <laughs> so. well to be to be fair to you and to give you the credit you deserve we we had another thing planned yeah. but then that didn't work out didn't. you know you did you mm-hmm. did plan mm-hmm. And we, we did put some serious thought into this, but then for one reason or another, it just didn't work. So instead of giving you nothing mm-hmm. for two weeks, mm-hmm. we decided that we were still going to give you an episode, but that it was just going to be more like us flying by the seat of our pants yes. or like Ali Bashir being assisted by a flying carpet. <laughs> oh, Perfect. Yes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, uh, till next time, friends. Uh, Who knows what it's going to be, but it'll be good. Come back for it. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening. We love you lots. Uh, Speak to you soon. Uh, Bye. Bye. So now that you've finished enjoying that episode, I bet you're wondering what we're going to be talking about next time. Will it be a ship? Could it be a trope? What about a character-centric episode? Editing Megs. Put the listeners out of their misery. Next time, we'll be focusing on...
1: Fred and Angelina versus George and Angelina.
0: So come back to enjoy that at your earliest possible convenience. But, you know, preferably sooner rather than later. Because we do make it so you'll listen to it. And we hope you enjoy it. Remember your Gunkle Nathan's advice. Be kind to each other, manage your mischief, and we'll catch you in the next one soon.
1: While you're waiting for the next episode, all the shipping fun can continue online. You can head over to all of our social media platforms, like Magical Ship Pod on Twitter and Instagram, and Care of Magical Shippers on Tumblr. You can get in touch with us by email at careofmagicalshippers at gmail.com, or you can leave us a voice message with all of your ship and fic thoughts and feels, and have the chance to be featured on a future pod episode. We are also live on Patreon. Patrons have access to early episodes, bonus content, extended uncut episodes with all of our nonsense, exclusive merch, and a patron discord. Another easy way to show your love for the pod is by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. And thank you so much for listening.